0: Hey everyone, it's Daniel here. Before we get into today's episode, just want to give you a quick reminder that I will be hosting a giveaway for the podcast soon. The podcast is turning is turning one in June. Uh, it's turning one in June on June the thirteenth, and I'm excited to do a giveaway uh, for to celebrate the one year anniversary of the show. Um, I did a a short episode about the giveaway detailing everything, and there will also be some details in the description of today's episode about the giveaway. Uh, But just to quickly give you some details about how you can enter and what it's for, I am partnering with the Isaiah 117 House for this giveaway. If you are not aware, uh, the Isaiah 117 House is a Tennessee-based nonprofit organization that provides physical and emotional support in a safe and loving home for children awaiting foster care placement. Um, They have locations all across the Southeast United States, and they're a really, really great organization. And so I'm excited to have this opportunity to partner with them. If you want to uh, enter the giveaway, all you have to do is um, make a donation to the Isaiah 117 house through Venmo. Uh, You can make your, your donation in $5 increments. So if you make a $5 donation, that will be one submission into the giveaway. A $10 donation will be two submissions and so on and so forth. Uh, the winner of the giveaway will be announced on Monday, June the 12th, and they will receive the first ever Radio Face t-shirt, the first ever Radio Face sticker, and a $50 Visa gift card, all, for, all given to you, uh, shipped straight to you. Uh, so again, you can make as many entries as you like. All proceeds will go directly to the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, none of this will be coming back to me, so I really hope you take this opportunity to support this great organization, all the great work they're doing. If you don't have, uh, to make a donation, you'll need to do it through Venmo. So if you don't have a Venmo account, you can download it for free on your phone, hook up your bank account, and then make a donation to uh, the Chambliss Center, which handles all the finances for the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, The handle for the Chambliss Center on Venmo is at C-H-A-M-B-L-I-S-S-C-E-N-T-E-R. Um, that's where you can find them on Venmo and whenever you make this donation to enter this, the giveaway, just make a note with your donation, uh, you know, just distinguishing that this is for the giveaway. So you can make a note saying radio face podcast. You can make a note that just says podcast. You can make a note that says giveaway, anything along those lines that denotes that you are making this donation to the Isaiah 117 house for this giveaway. Uh, As I said, the winner will be announced on Monday, June the 12th, so you've got a lot of time to enter this giveaway, uh, and I'm really excited to partner with the Isaiah 117 House and raise some money for a great cause. Thank you all for all the support you've given me uh, over this year so far and I'm excited for year number two. Thank you for the Isaiah 117 house for partnering with me and I'm really excited to uh, take this opportunity to help out a great organization. There'll be some more details about this down in the description. So if you'd like to learn more, head down there to the description, check everything out down there for more details. And if you have any questions about the giveaway, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Radio Face Pod on all social media platforms or simply go to... um, or simply email me at radiofacepod at gmail.com with any questions you have about the show or about the giveaway. Thank you again for all your support, and now let's jump into the episode. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinham, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. But first, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Lucky to Know You Apparel. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever loved your friend so much that you just want to squeeze them until they explode? Well, this local Chattanooga-based clothing brand wants to portray that feeling into a community that appreciates the people in their lives. Today's sponsor, Lucky to Know You Apparel, is using fashion and feelings to bring people together, making them ecstatically say, can you believe we happen to exist at the same time? Check out their Instagram, at Lucky to Know You Apparel, and website, www.luckytoknowyou.com to purchase your own apparel or gift one to a friend. Listeners of this podcast can use code Feelin' Lucky for 15% off your next order. Again, that is code Feelin' Lucky, spelled F E E L I N L U C K Y at checkout for 15% off your next order. And hey, if no one has told you today, we are lucky to know you. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinham. I'll be your host as always. Um, and my guest today is someone that I've been really excited, really looking forward to chatting with them for a while now. Uh, they I, I first came encounter with uh, came encounter with some of their work um, probably over a year ago by now, uh, and I've been. Really excited just to have the opportunity to chat with them, and hopefully maybe get to chat with uh, some of their some of their peers in the future. Uh, but today, if you if you're from the Chattanooga area, if you're in the Chattanooga area at all, you've definitely most likely heard of them by now. Uh, but I have the privilege of having one of the founders and owners of the Book and Cover uh, in town with me in in the studio with me today. So Emily, thank you so much for joining me tonight.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So uh, for those that aren't aware just of you and and what you do, do you care to just give a brief introduction for yourself and and who you are and where you got to and how you got here today?
1: Uh, Sure. (laughs) Um, So I'm Emily Lilly. I uh, grew up in Chattanooga and um, went to college elsewhere, but eventually managed to make my way back. Uh, To town and I am one of the co-owners of the book and cover Which is an independent bookstore and coffee shop here in Chattanooga in the North Chattanooga area Um, And we're just really excited. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. I uh, So a personal story of mine. I how long have you all been in business at this point?
1: Almost a year. We opened on November fourth. Has it really not? Twenty twenty one. Has it really not been a
0: year? For some reason, I thought it's been over a year at this point. Almost a year. Well, not quite. Well, nevertheless, I remember. So. I, uh, I'm sure you had an experience like this, but I, for the longest time have thought like many other people like, man, it'd be cool to open up like a, a store where it's like, you know, it's a coffee shop and you sell other things like that. And I had never seen anything like what you all do before. Like where it's in an old, like, it's in, like an old house, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's in an old house. You have like a coffee shop in there and you like, I'd never seen that kind of combination before. And I think we were there on opening day. If it wasn't the exact day, it was definitely the week of. Because I remember y'all were very busy. Like there was so much stuff going on. And I walked in with my girlfriend, and I was like, "This is this is so." uh, I I was taken aback, but I was like, "This is so unique." Because not only is it uh, a bookstore, obviously, and a coffee shop mixed in, but the way you all set it up, where it's like room by room, is a different experience in and of itself. I just I loved it. I thought it was one of the coolest things, and it's 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 such a it's kind of like a it's just such a unique part uh, of just the Chattanooga area at this point. Like you all become fairly well known, uh, in, in my opinion at least, uh, around the like I, I ask people all the time, you know, like you know, what kind of bookstores they like to go to or I'll you know, I'll see online, like what do people go to in the area for, if they want a unique experience and you all always come up and for good reason. So, um, I, I think you all are doing really, really good work and I'm, uh, just excited to see how you all grow in the future. Um, so, so right now, uh, as of this recording, I know this will go out at a later date. Um, but we were briefly talking about, um, before we started, the kind of upcoming collaboration that you all have with Pizzeria Cortile. Um, and I learned that you are related to the owner of Pizzeria Cortile. Um, do you care to just talk a little bit about that and just how that kind of came together and, and what your, your uh, hopes and thoughts on, the, on that in the future?
1: Yeah, so when we um, were, even before we opened the bookstore, when we were planning to open the bookstore, um, we knew that we wanted to have um, a coffee bar inside of the shop. But we had talked to bookstore owners in other cities and um, had kind of gotten varying advice about, like, oh, you don't want to run that yourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, that's too much trouble. You might want to bring in a third party to run Mm -hmm. that part of the business. Mm -hmm. And um, then other people who had been like, oh, you absolutely want to do it yourself. So we were kind of like, I don't know what to do. Um, And at one point in those discussions, my cousin Justin, who owns Cortile, because he's in the food industry, Mm -hmm. I was like, would you guys want to run it? (laughs) coffee bar inside of the bookshop (laughs) just like you're a person i know who knows how to order food (laughs) from things um and we kind of quickly decided that we did want to run the coffee bar ourselves um but that sort of started us talking about like Mm -hmm. well justin was like well you know i do have the food truck and we're not really using it for anything so that could kind of function like a kitchen and Mm -hmm. the idea just kind of rolled from there that it would be cool to um to bring Cortile uh, over from Road Bank uh, to North Chattanooga via the food truck, um, we have a, a little gravel area next to the shop where mm-hmm. they're going to be able to park and hopefully not be in the way of any of the neighbors or anything. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're going to start out having them at the shop on Friday and Saturday evenings. Um well from four to nine i think or until the pizza runs out yeah, does. yeah um so we're going to start with that and kind of see where it goes from there but we're, we're excited to just bring something else fun to the neighborhood we have so many good neighbors um rosecomb bar down yeah. the street is so amazing we mm-hmm. love Ryan and Chloe, and their food and drinks are so great, and their atmosphere is so fun, and, you know, El Primo, and just there's mm-hmm. a lot of really fun things going on in the neighborhood, so it feels fun to bring one more element to that.
0: Yeah, um, and that, that's definitely one thing that I've noticed is just, especially in that area, but in Chattanooga as a whole, like, um, a lot of the businesses... Really seem to work alongside each other. Uh, they really just work with each other. I know I've I, I know that you all really close to uh, as you mentioned Rosecomb, uh, and I see all the time like on your social medias and stuff. Like you know you two kind of interacting with each other. Um, but now that you're you know at, at this current recording, like you're almost a year removed. Um, what are your just thoughts so far? Like looking back, like is, oh I guess first and foremost, is this your? I know you co-founded like you're not the only uh, you know founder of the store, but is this your all's first? real attempt in this lane like first real venture kind of on your own working in this in this manner
1: yeah none of us have owned a business before um blaze who is my partner blaze and sarah um we all founded it together Mm -hmm. and blaze works for her family's company that is a hundred year old Mm -hmm. company that does some really cool, uh, packaging work, uh, TPC is the name of the company. So she works in a family business, but you know, this is definitely our, all three of our first experience of kind of starting something from scratch and figuring out how everything works from, the point of sale to, Mm -hmm. you know, how many croissants we need to, (laughs) you know, which books people are into and which ones people aren't into, even though we thought they would be. Um, So yeah, it's definitely, definitely a first time experience for all of us.
0: So now that you're almost a year removed, what are your, just looking on how the first year has gone for you all so far, just what are your thoughts and reflections on how it's gone so far for you? Because I know, just with the work I do here and just the conversations I've had a lot of times I think business owners don't get a chance to like sit down and take a breath and think about what like actually reflect upon the work they've done. You know, um, for you personally, what has this experience been like for you so far with a new business and just, um, getting to do something that I'm imagining you've wanted to do for a while. You know, uh, what, what's this been like for you so far?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, I think, better than we even could have expected um you know when we were trying to get our plans together. We made a business plan. None of us having ever made a business plan before. <laughs> um, we literally like copied and pasted from some of our friends' business plans. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, what does it look like? What are the sections? <laughs> what does this look like? Um, and we have outperformed our business plan. That maybe is a little bit in part because we didn't know how to make a business plan. But um, <laughs> just in terms of the way that the community has received the mm-hmm. shop, I mean, we We had a feeling, obviously, we wouldn't have opened the shop if we didn't think people would be excited about it, and that it was something that people were looking for, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of a third space a little bit Mm -hmm. for people, but um, I think the response has been even greater than we expected. Um, People are just so enthusiastic about it, and people here in Chattanooga who are so excited and we have so many like regular customers that come in all the time Mm -hmm. and that's really fun and people who you know know which types of books I read and which types of books Blaze reads or Sarah reads and they'll like try to come in when we're there so they can either recommend something or get a recommendation (laughs) and that's so fun and then people who follow us on social media Mm -hmm. and you know live somewhere else and are like oh I planned my fall break (laughs) trip around like driving from Kentucky to come see the bookstore be
0: surreal. I'm sure for it you. It is.
1: It's completely <laughs> surreal. It I don't know somebody asked me the other day because we uh the first Tuesday of every month, we for the last 3 months now have had a chance to go on WDEF mm-hmm. on the morning show mm-hmm. and do some like book recommendations and, you know, talk a little bit about the shop and it's so sweet of them to mm-hmm. have us. Um and so somebody I was asking why I was up so early or something and I was (laughs) like oh we, you know we had to go be on the the morning show and they were like oh what's it like to be celebrities (laughs) and uh I think that is an overstatement but it is funny to be um recognized for something that we've that we've put together and you know planned and built basically because it was something that we felt we yeah. wanted and needed and that other people must feel that way too and so it's very um fun to see that being the case
0: you you all definitely have filled a a a role in the Chattanooga area that was, was certainly not there before. Not to say that there's not other bookstores in the area because there are, and, and, you know, they've been there and they do great work as well. But something that you all have done that I think is just really, really interesting is that you don't have to be like, I don't know what the proper word is. Like I'm thinking of, you know, you know, like people that are really into like, music like they're like audiophiles. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? There we I was like, yeah, I was like, I know it's something file, but I can't think of the word book a file sounded wrong. I was like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um but you don't have to be super into literature or books to want to come and visit your you store. Admittedly, like I like to read but my, not my whole life. Like, I just in the past few years have become more of a reader. And I go to your old store, you know, all the time just to get like a cup of coffee or just to hang out and just to be in an interesting space, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something really, really interesting that you all have done because you have. Been able to kind of find multiple different niches that you're able to, you know, different lanes you're able to fill. And and I think that's really cool. Uh, I don't know if that was the intended outcome of, of this, but um, I find that incredibly interesting because it's just such a, I know it's been said before, but I really think you all just have such a unique place uh, and just offer such a unique experience that whoever comes in, whether they're looking for a book or they're looking for a place to study or they just want to find good conversation. Uh, you know, it's, that's a place for it. And I I think that's really interesting, you know?
1: Yeah. Thank you. That definitely was kind of the intent. I think as we talked about it and, you know, we did the crowdfunding campaign to, to get our startup Mm -hmm. capital. And as we were talking with people in the community about that and about why we felt like it was important and a community good Mm -hmm. such that we could do, you know, crowdfunding to, to, to support it. Mm -hmm. Um, it really seemed important to us and then to other people as we were having these conversations to have that kind of third space and to, um, you know, connect it to books and reading. And our motto is read books, stay curious Mm -hmm. because we want people to uh, recognize that, you know, reading is good for us because it opens our minds to like new perspectives Mm -hmm. and new places and new types of people. And, um, New ways of thinking and it also is just a way to kind of keep your your curiosity your thought process your um your imagination mm-hmm. um growing and going and and you know being having a chance to be in a space where that is sort of the atmosphere and um and and use it however it makes sense to you i think is is what we intended for it and it's really cool to see people um experiencing it that way
0: yeah yeah you mentioned, uh, you know, a minute or two ago that people will come in and, you know, ask for recommendations or ask, you know, keep up with what you all are reading. And you, you even said something like the the books you all thought people were going to be interested in, you know, it turned out, people, you know, people were interested in different things. And, you you know, you've, you've come upon that as you've uh, been going through the business. But you personally, what what's your your kind of book taste, if if that makes sense. What, what do you like to sit down and read like from a, from a genre perspective?
1: I read a lot of mysteries. Um, the shop actually started initially as a social media account. Mm -hmm. Um, bookstagram, the, the readers on Instagram refer to themselves as bookstagram and, um, we it, it was actually a spinoff of another Bookstagram account that I started with my friend Audrey. Mm-hmm. Um, a, we did a project in 2016 where we read all of Agatha Christie's books in a year. And so we kept a blog and a Bookstagram account about that called The Year of Agatha. Um, mostly to hold ourselves accountable yeah. because we said we were going to do it and then we realized how many books there were. We were like, oh, no.
0: So, <laughs> so a lot of for for those that are not aware of how many books that is 86. being me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, mean, I was going to say, how many books is that? And it
1: was kind of hard to pin down <laughs> how many are there because there's a number of, like, short story collections yeah. that, like, were published in the States Mm -hmm. and then like mostly published the same way in England, but then some of them were mixed (laughs) up. So we landed on 86 as the number of books that we were going to read novels and short story collections. And, um, so we, started the account just to kind of like share we love there's Mm -hmm. so many cool covers for Agatha Christie books because she's been published so many times Mm -hmm. um, that you kind of go through the decades with like the styles of the covers and stuff so we were sharing a lot of pictures of the different ones that we were reading as we moved through it and ended up building, like, a really big community of Agatha Christie people on Instagram, which is, like, not what you might expect of a social media platform. But there were were a lot of people who were into Agatha Christie and talking about it and sharing their books. And um, it ended up being, like, a much bigger... Project than we kind of expected mm-hmm. it to be. Um, we went to the University of Cambridge and spoke at a conference about Agatha Christie and you
0: were just you were just the Agatha Christie fan club. You well, really we, were. It we really
1: <laughs> it became like a thing, and now um, you know it seems like they're they're doing a lot more with her work now that um, some of it's like moving out of copyright, and so they're making more movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But. Um, anyhow, so we did that, and when we finished the project, we were like, Well, we want to keep talking to all these book people mm-hmm. on Instagram, but we don't want to only talk about Agatha Christie mm-hmm. all the time. So we started the book and cover as a separate account um, to be able to talk about other books that we were yeah. reading and enjoying. And so Audrey and I operated that for um, a couple of years. And then when Blaze and Sarah and I started talking about doing the bookstore, um, Audrey and I both agreed that we should just welcome them into the book mm-hmm. and cover and kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. When we started the book and cover, I was like, oh, we should we should open a bookstore someday and yeah. call it the book and cover. Cause yeah. It's a good name for a bookstore. Yeah. Audrey was kind of like, sure, we definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a thing that's going to happen. For yeah. sure. um, and so we added Blaze and Sarah in and then we kind of just grew the, the yeah. shop out of there. So.
0: So, so when did it turn from, oh, that would be kind of a fun thing to do, to we could actually do this. Like, I think everybody's probably had some kind of idea like that. Like, Oh, it'd be so much fun to, wouldn't it be cool if we all just did this thing and like quit our jobs and just worked? like, that'd be so much fun. But obviously it's not always as easy as that. When did, for you all, when did that turn from, Oh, that would be kind of fun to, Oh wait, we can actually do this. Like we can turn this into a reality.
1: It honestly happened very quickly because through no fault of our own sort of we, um, We were sitting on Blaze's porch in, I think, the fall of 2020, like during the pandemic, you could only hang out with people outside on somebody's porch or Mm -hmm. something. And I think someone um, asked, like, if you could do anything right now, like what would it be? And it sort of became like that Spider Man meet yeah. where everybody's like, wait, you, no, me, you, because uh, I think all three of us were like, oh, I wish I could like open a bookstore. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I really have always wanted to like do a bookstore with like a cafe, mm-hmm. uh, and we were like, wait, you wanted it? Well, maybe I should. Well, maybe we should talk about <laughs> doing that. And so we decided we'd like have a meeting. Um, on my deck with like martinis <laughs> and Sarah took notes in a Google doc cause she's organized. And, um, so we have this like long Google doc of just like ideas. Yeah. And we were like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And the, the space that the shop is in now was actually open at that point in time. The mm-hmm. business that have been there have moved out and, um, I, had I walk my dog by there all the time mm-hmm. and so every time I walk by I was like yeah I feel like that would be a perfect place for a yeah. bookstore like, put that the would be a great place front. for a
0: bookstore with a coffee shop mm-hmm. next to
1: <laughs> like we could put the tables in the front part and the sunroom and like yeah. yeah so I've been spying on the building for a while so after we had this meeting um, on the deck we walked over at like 10 p.m. and like looked at the building yeah. and and kind of were like yeah that would be a really cool space and um I think Sarah has a friend who is a realtor, Bailey Bullard, mm-hmm. and she was like, well, I'll just ask Bailey if, you know, she can get us in there we'll, like, yeah. take a look, see, you know, find out what yeah. the deal is. Like, is it even for sale? Who knows? Or, like, do they want to lease it? And so Bailey got us in there and we looked at the building and, you know, of course we walked through and we were like, yep, that's perfect. Yeah. This could go over here. This yeah. could go over there. And Bailey was like, okay, cool. So when do y'all think you'd be ready to, like, make an offer on the building? And we were, were like, like, no, oh. Bailey, we don't have any money. <laughs> I mean, maybe like next summer? She yeah. was like, well, that probably is not, that's too far. Yeah. It. If yeah. you actually want this space, <laughs> you're going to need to get serious about this. And, um, so we were kind of like, Oh gosh, how do we come up with a lot of dollars
0: at this point where you all, I'm assuming you were, were working somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Before. Well, I, ha- I still have a day job as does blaze. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sarah was at home with her kids. She had previously been the Dean of students at GPS and okay. in 2019, I think she uh, decided she has three kids. So mm-hmm. she was, and they're all like of the age where they need <laughs> lots of tending. Um, so she decided she was going to stay home for a little while and, yeah. uh, work with them. So she was working with her kids at home, and um, then Blaze and I both had job jobs, and um, so we started thinking about it, talking about it, and then a co-worker of mine at my uh, day job actually, he has lots of business ventures kind of on the side, mm-hmm. and he he and I were the only two people from our company who were in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. so we would get together periodically and like eat and kind of have a conversation. and we were talking and uh, he mentioned that his business partner and he were thinking about getting into commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, (laughs) I've got, I know what building you should buy. Yeah. And then also you should rent it to us. And and then
0: I know, I know who will be your first bookstore. bookstore.
1: (laughs) And like, he then was like, Oh, you got, you're actually doing this. And I forgot that he and I had had a conversation like years back where I was like, I would love to do like, this is my like big idea that it would be cool and will never happen. And so I forgot that I had even like already told him, at some point in time that this was an idea that I had, and he got excited about it, and he was like, let me go talk to my business partner. And like later that night, he texted us and was like, okay, we're gonna look at buying the building. And we were like, no, what? (laughs) What? I think Sarah was like, I feel like I'm in a Jane Austen novel, like what's happening? Um, So, Once they got interested in the building and were Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think this is something that, you know, we're going to do. We obviously had to get our act together and, you know, make the business plan and figure out what it means to open a bookstore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how much capital we would need aside from the space that we're using um, to buy the books, buy the coffee machines, buy the everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And... You know, how how do you do it? Like, mm-hmm. there's this organization called Paws and Associates that, like, exists to help people open bookstores. And, really? Yes. And I didn't they, know that. You can buy a binder from them that's literally called, like, how to open a bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, $130. And it's got all this information in it that's just, like, stuff you kind of need to know. Like, yeah. I'm sure they would not say, like, if you own this binder, you will be good to go. Yeah, and No yeah. other questions. Yeah. But it's at least somewhere to start. Yeah. And we also talked to a number of other bookshop owners in mm-hmm. different cities who were super gracious. One lady was like, I'm going to send you all my financial spreadsheets. <laughs> and we were like, that's so generous of you. Um, so we had to, to circle back to your question 35 minutes ago. No, you're fine. Um, it happened quickly. Yeah. But because we had some other folks who were excited and in the mix yeah. and um, ready to help us make it happen, I think – us, apart from that, I don't know how long it would have yeah, taken us to yeah. actually get off the ground, and how intimate it would have felt. So much more intimidating yeah. um, to try to figure that out without that support. Yeah,
0: know, from them. yeah. That's that's uh, first off, just the the image in my mind of you all having a as for those that are listening. She whenever she said they had a meeting, uh, you said a, a meeting on your your front or back porch. Uh, just the kind of hilarious beauty in that that it was just like oh wouldn't this be kind of fun if we did this thing and then just like kind of an impromptu meeting of like okay we're gonna sit down and plan this whole thing out or, or try to um I, I don't know something about that is funny to me but yeah you know i think it's really um i think definitely for you all like when you go to the store, at least in my opinion, um, you all, you can tell that this is not just like some kind of random venture out of nowhere. Like this is something that you all really, in my opinion, put a lot of effort and time into, and really want to not just make a bookstore because it's you know fun or it might make you some money. Um, it's something you all truly want to do and add to the community and and you know bring value to the community that you're in. Um, and I think that's a great thing. Uh, I think it's really great that. The people that own it and run it uh, are lovers of the craft that they do, um, and and I, I think that's great. Uh, I think it's something that makes particularly I mean, particularly Chattanooga, it makes it a very interesting place. Um, but it makes you all stand out in my mind and a lot. Uh, you mentioned earlier how you know people are like, "Oh, you're a celebrity now," but honestly, though, like you all have become like, you've gained a reputation in like a good way of, of being the cool bookshop in the area, you know? (laughs) Um, and I, I don't, I don't think that's on accident. I think that's, um, I think you all have really set yourself up to be in a position where people can view yourself view you like that. Um, and I think it's very well deserved. So, uh, that's a really cool story. Um, one thing I do want to ask you, so I was not a growing up, I was not a, like, um, I was not I, did, I didn't not read, but I wasn't like a reader, you know, uh, I played a lot of sports growing up. So I was like, "Ew, books are weird. And books, <laughs> you know, uh, I, that was just my middle school uh, brain self. I remember this <laughs> funny story. Uh, this one girl that I went to middle school with, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if I remember her name, but she was a huge, um, fan of the twilight and Harry Potter series so much so that she read all of them like multiple times, Um, and that like freaked me out. I was like, I don't know how somebody could possibly do that. Like the, the, the books just intimidated (laughs) me. Well, no, I was like, first off, this book looks huge, you know, to my middle school eyes. I was like, that just does not, I can't, I couldn't imagine sitting down and reading through all of that. But then she was like, yeah, I read this one like six times and this one like four times. I was like, how did you, how did you even do that? Um, But I was never like a reader growing up. Now, the past, partly due to just COVID and the pandemic and out of curiosity, I've become much more of a reader um, in the past few years. And due to that, I've started to learn more about just the the culture of kind of what you talked about, like people online that are really into books and the different thoughts and opinions. And so I wanted to ask you if you have any like hot takes on any any, like classic books or anything like that. The re- the reason I asked that is because so I recently um, I say recently it was a couple months ago uh, I'd been wanting to read 1984 for a while and I re- I actually I bought it at the store and I I read it and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I found a, I found a copy of crime and punishment, uh, somewhere like on sale. And I was like, okay, I mean, it's a really long book and I know it's a very hard book, but I've always heard it's like a classic. So I'm going to read it at some point. And so I wanted to see if you have any like particular, like hot takes on classic books be like, yeah, this one that people tend to really like, not really, not really my, my cup of tea personally. Do you have any of those?
1: Um, oh, yeah, of course. I'm glad you asked about <laughs> classic books because we always try not to, like, I think Sarah probably a phrase that she has to use with her children, but is always like, we don't want to yuck anybody's yum. So if somebody <laughs> else likes a, a type of a book, that's yeah. great. Like yeah. any, anybody who wants to read something is a reader. Yeah. It doesn't matter what type of thing you're yeah. into. Yeah. But classics, I feel like it's safe to, to poo-poo them yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And,
0: um, and, you know, most of most of them were written in, like, you
1: know, Sure, and eighth, a lot yeah. of us have read them because we had to yeah. read them for school or something, and and that probably colors our oh experience of them. Certainly, the book that comes to mind for me is Great Expectations. Oh my gosh, um,
0: I have a I have a story for one of those. Yeah, yeah, I
1: had to read it in eighth grade, and our teacher, Mr. Henry, I hope you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I he I think he was paying us back a little bit because we were offered the opportunity to read like the abridged version. Mm. And we were all like, no, we're too smart for that. We want to <laughs> read the whole book. And so he was like, all right, knock yourselves out. So we read the whole book. And then our assignment at the end of the book was to, we had to do an oral essay that there were 18 questions and you didn't know which one you were going to get to, so mm. and you had to talk for three minutes. So we had to write 18 three-minute essays about great expectations. Wow and try to like memorize them as much as possible because we had these like tiny little note cards that we could like <laughs> write our notes on and it was to this day I have a masters degree it was the worst <laughs> school assignment I've ever had in my whole life it was you know, that
0: took so the cake stressful. and when when was this when when did you say Eighth this was grade. Eighth-
1: Um, so I have hard feelings towards great expectations. I don't know if that's Charles Dickens' fault or maybe, maybe Mr. Henry's fault, but, um, yeah, that would be the classic that I would be like, I'm not going back to that one.
0: So, so I, when I say this, I, I found out later in life that this, I believe it's considered a classic. If it's not, then just look at me like I'm stupid and, and you know, I am. Um, but I remember so vividly reading this book and just being so confused as to what the point of it was or why we were, and again, at this time, I was I was not a reader either, so I was just like, why are we reading, like, this is, this is, you know. No Yeah, I was like, what, why are there not pictures? I was like, well, you know, that was, that was my, my very dumb brain at the time. Uh, but we were, I think it was, it was sophomore year in high school, and uh, to similar to you, Mr. Bull, if you listen to this, he already <laughs> knows where I'm going with this, um, we had to read The Metamorphosis. Mm. And I'd never heard of it before. And all I knew is that on the cover there was a giant beetle. And I was like, okay. And so we had to read it. And I don't even remember if we finished it or if I finished it or if I said that I finished it, but I didn't actually finish it. I don't know. I just remember the first half of it being so confused as to what was happening. I was just like, so this guy woke up and he's a giant bug. <laughs> And his first concern is whether he's going to make it to work or not as a traveling sales I think he was a traveling salesman. Yeah. Really and I was, I and then in life my life mind, life yeah. And then in my mind, I was like, what is a traveling salesman? I was like, what does that, what does that mean? Like, I've never seen someone walk, you know, it, I was so confused by it. And then later I found out like, Oh, this is a, like a, a classic book. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's a part of like literary history. And I was like, this book <laughs> about, a g-. I was like, what <laughs> did we read the same book? I was like, what did, how, you know. Um, Maybe I need to return to it. It may just be one of those things that, like, I'm looking on it it's
1: with jaded. It's pretty existential for high school. <laughs> I they make us all read it, but I'm not sure how many of my classmates really absorbed the, like, perhaps uh messages that we were meant. I, I read it in, I don't remember what year, but in in an AP English class. And it's a good one for writing an AP essay about. So
0: yeah, see, we were just in sophomore English. We were just, it wasn't anything spectacular. It was just sophomore English. And we had just, we, we either about to, or just finished. uh, What's the, what's the movie uh, with Robin Williams? Um, Poultry. Yes, that's what I, I was like. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, we had just either finished watching it or we were about to watch it, so we were like all thinking about it. You know, we're like, oh, we get to watch this movie, and then we had to read the Metamorphosis, and we were all just very cut off guard. Like, what is the what what is this about? Like, what are we reading here? At least that was my my Did you even read
1: the Metamorphosis in Dead Poet Society. I can't remember.
0: No, well, no, they didn't. They didn't. I don't think they read it there. Connected. No, it but like a... yeah, we were just more looking forward to to watching that movie uh, than anything, and we were like, but first we got to read the metamorphosis and we we're like, what is, what is this? Why are we reading the metamorphosis? What is? Yeah. We were just very confused, uh, as to what the, you know, I don't know that it may just be me. Maybe this is a sign that I need to return to it and give it an, give it an honest shot. You know, who knows? I don't
1: know. I don't think, I don't think it's uh, I it, I don't think you're probably the only person. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's not my favorite.
0: <laughs> So, so in that, in that, uh, similar vein, are there any like classics that you really enjoy that you, you really are like you, you think deserve the classic status? And like, if you're going to read one, this is the one, you know, for you personally.
1: Um, I really love East of Eden, um, John Steinbeck. Uh, I think it's one of those books that you, you know, sometimes you read a book and you're like, does this person like inside my head like oh, <laughs> the, I feel like we're like on the same like wavelength like mm-hmm. some of this stuff is just making a lot of like I'm really feeling like I'm connecting to the the characters or the you know the point of the story yeah. and um, it's just a he's a beautiful writer I think in terms of like creating a sense of place um, and so I really like East of Eden I also am a big Fitzgerald fan and mm-hmm. um, and I, although great Gatsby is not my most favorite of his books. Mm -hmm. My favorite Fitzgerald is this side of paradise, which is his first, his first novel that he published. That's kind of semi autobiographical, Mm um, about like his growing up. And I think probably some things that he stole from Zelda's life. And, uh, Um, I really love I really love that book. That's another one where it was kind of like this is like a dude from like hundred years ago or whatever and he like he gets it. like that's cool. Um, so those are those are two of my favorites that I think are, are considered classics.
0: So are, I'm assuming you're reading something now. What, is, what are you currently reading at the moment?
1: It's a great question because I literally finished one of our book club books last night. Um, called Other Birds, and I cannot remember the author's name off the top of my head, but it was really good. Uh, it's our cocktail book, Love Book, this month. Um, and then I also recently started reading um, Heartburn, which is Nora Ephron's first novel. I love Nora Ephron. I love all of her movies. Obviously, You've Got Mail is a big inspiration for the three of us <laughs> and, uh, and many other people uh, our age, um, but I have never read any of her books, and mm-hmm. i recently just I don't know if it popped into my head or if I saw like an article about it or something and I was like yeah I gotta read that book so I just started reading Heartburn like I'm not very far into it at all um and then I'm also about tonight I have to start my uh mystery thriller book club Thursday murder book club is my one of my book clubs at the shop mm-hmm. and uh, we're reading Richard Osmond's um third Thursday murder book bu- book, mm-hmm. uh, which is called the bullet that missed. And I'm very excited about that because I really love, um, the Thursday murder club and the man who died twice. So I am looking forward to, to reading that one.
0: Yeah. So, and I, I definitely want to, I've, uh, I forget, what was the first book you said? Um, Songbird, as You said was, was it was, Oh, called other Song? birds. Other Bird. I was like, I had songbirds, but I was thinking of the actual place here in Chattanooga yes, called songbirds. Yes. Uh, I've seen that one before and I've, I've been curious about it. Um, me personally, So whenever I got into, I don't know, I feel like this is a somewhat common theme or maybe it's not, I don't know. Um, But whenever I got into reading, for some reason in my mind, I had this idea, I was like, I can only read nonfiction. I was like, I have to be, I have to like read the, the, the words of the real world and like read, you know, like, I don't know. That was just like my mind. I was like, this is what I have to do. If I'm going to be a reader, like I have to read, you know, these, these profound words and like. One, that's kind of silly, uh, very silly. But two, I remember whenever I first got the first like fiction book I actually read uh, just on my own time, uh, it was actually by a guy who is from my hometown. His name is Jason Wallace. If he's listening, hey Jason, how are you doing? <laughs> um, and he has a book called Users, and it was really, it was really, really good. Um, but something as silly as this sounds, and I'm sure you agree with this, like just by what you were telling me just now, um, for some reason in my mind, I had this idea. I was like, I shouldn't read fiction books. Like get those are like, you know, like kid stories really? or something. Yeah. I was like, that's lightweight stuff. Like I need to read like the things that are going to really get me go like really get me thinking, which not that that's not that there's anything wrong with those kinds of books. But sometimes I think that especially just on with online culture, the way it is nowadays, um, there there's definitely room to just like enjoy something and just have fun and i know that sounds so like simple and like duh but to me, I was like, I had this, this attitude that if I'm going to read and like do this thing that I know is good for me, like I need to be reading these, these books that Mm -hmm. are going to give me some kind of, you know, unknown knowledge at the time or something like that. When the reality is like, it can just be fun. You know, uh, I read his book and I was like, that was really, I really enjoyed that. Like that was fun, you know? Um, and I started reading more, more and more fiction books after that. Um, over the summer I went to Utah and like a week before we came into, or we went to Utah. I came into into the store, and I believe it was Sarah that I talked to. Um, And I was basically just like, hey, I'm going to Utah. Will you recommend me a book that you think I should read in Utah? And she was (laughs) like, do you mean a book about Utah or like a book about going somewhere? I was like, you just... Just tell him just vibe, take, just, 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 I was like, you just take me wherever your mind goes, you know? And, uh, she, she gave me a bunch of different recommendations, but I ultimately went with, uh, I think his name was Michael Chabon or Chabon. Oh, Michael Chabon. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, but it was called Summerland and I loved Wait. it.
1: It might have been me because I love *Summerland* and I am always recommending it to people. It's kind of a niche book, like I don't I really know that it. many people that have read it, but I really like it. Like really he's very popular, yeah. but you know most people have read like *Cavalier and Clay*. Yes, and uh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I love well, *Summerland*. Well,
0: she she reco- so this is this is just how my mind works. Um, she recommended *Cavalier and Clay*. She was like, you might enjoy this one, and then um, maybe it was you. I don't know. Whoever it was recommended Kathleen Clarence was like, he also wrote this one. You can, you know, weigh it out. And, uh, and I was looking at him and I was like, this one has a bu- like a not a
1: about baseball.
0: Well, yeah. But I was like, this one has a vehicle that's flying on the cover of it and this one does not. So I'm going to, since I'm flying in a plane to go to Utah, I'm going to pick this one. Like that okay. was just, I like
1: that, <laughs> I
0: like that, <laughs> that okay. was my, that was my mindset. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll return to this one at some point, but I'm going to go with this one first. Yes, um, and I really enjoyed it just because, I know you've experienced this before, but there's something about literally like, I don't, it, it's hard to quantify, but when you really get like engrossed in a book, it's like, it it's like time ceases to exist. Like I know that, that this sounds so like fluffy and abstract, but I remember we were flying out to Utah. My goal was to finish it by the time, like start it when we left and finish it by the time we returned. And I was on the plane and I was like, okay, I want to be to this many pages by the time we land. And let's say it was like, 50 i don't know something like that (laughs) by the time we landed i was on like page 150 i was like holy cow how did this happen like i just started going and going and going and going. i couldn't put it down you know um i I don't know this i don't know where this long diatribe is going but i think just appreciating how you the beauty of like actually getting lost in a book and just enjoying it for the sake of enjoying it um is some something that is not exclusive to books but is definitely commonly found in you know good literature like that
1: yeah and i think that like the attitude you were describing of, of yourself like initially like oh i can't read any of that lightweight stuff like yeah. i gotta read these like intense like hardcore books yeah. or like i only can read classics because yeah. that's like the legit literature yeah. there's you know there's all kinds of debates online about what is literature yeah. and you don't want to get into those conversations because <laughs> people have very strong opinions but yeah. um i think one thing that, I mean, you talked about the shop and how it feels like, you know, welcoming to everybody, mm-hmm. kind of no matter what angle you're coming at the mm-hmm. shop from. And I think for for us, that was really intentional. I'm sure you have also had the experience of, like, being in a bookstore where it's kind of like, the author has maybe a little bit of that or not the author, the owner of the bookstore kinda of mm-hmm. has that attitude too of like, yeah. Oh, you know, we're we're not do, we don't really carry like fantasy. Yeah. Oh no, we don't yeah. have like romance books or yeah. like no, we don't do a lot of like mysteries. Now we yeah. do have these like classic mysteries. Yeah. Like, you know, they're they're a little afraid to stray into yeah. those yeah. genres that are not perhaps taken as seriously mm-hmm. as as some of the other literary fiction genres or nonfiction books. Um mm-hmm. And it was really important to us that the shop was a shop for any kind of reader mm-hmm. and that everybody could kind of come across something that they would get excited about and mm-hmm. and not to feel judged by us as as bookshop owners mm-hmm. for, for what they might be into. Like, yeah. um, you know, Sarah reads a lot of romance. I don't read any romance, but <laughs> that's great. I'm glad we have a lot of romance for folks like Sarah yeah. who are excited about it when they come in the shop. I read a ton of mysteries. Sarah never reads mysteries, yeah. but like... You know, she's able to like get fluent in mysteries from hearing me talk about it. If mm-hmm. somebody comes in while I'm there and they ask for romance, I'm like, oh, my friend Sarah like, really loves these. And, you know, trying to make sure that the, the books that we stock kinda of help people get out of that box mm-hmm. that you're describing of yeah. like, oh, if I wanna be a reader I have to read yeah. only these like quote unquote serious yeah. reads. Yeah. And like anybody who is who reads is a reader. but yeah. like, there's all kinds of paths to to being a reader yeah. and, and being a bibliophile. as you said.
0: Know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad you reminded me of that word. I could not think of it. So. <laughs> um you know, and and <laughs> it's funny you say anybody who reads as a reader. I'm just thinking of middle school me. I was I I lived and died by the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series when I was younger. That was like that was like my bread and butter. Like I looked back, I thought those were like
1: kids are the so current living and dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah you
0: know, I mean, honestly, I remember so much. So like, I know you know like the illustration style of that book. I made like my own. I'll I'll loosely I'm giving air quotes comic series where I like stole like I would get paper and like write these little stories and like copy the the illustration style they're probably buried somewhere in my room back at home um but yeah that was that was my uh my the one one of the few series where I was like this is the greatest thing ever whenever I was younger um (laughs) yeah um one thing I do want to ask is so for you personally uh what do you think is a, like? I was talking about how I, you know, I was not a huge reader growing up. For you personally, how did you, one, get into literature and just reading o- overall? But what do you think is a good way for people to get into reading if they're not? Not that I was against reading when I was younger, but it wasn't something that I was like naturally. Yeah, it wasn't something I was naturally drawn to. I was. It just wasn't something I was naturally drawn to when I was younger. What for you is was your way of getting into it, and how do you recommend others do it if if they're looking to do so?
1: Um, I have always been a bookish. Person, even mm. as a child, like mm. I didn't want to like go play organized games. I wanted to like sit in a tree and read my book. You read yeah.
0: you read the Twilight series six six times over. didn't
1: you? <laughs> I didn't read Twilight. Like, I was the wrong age for Twilight. Like I think those came out. I don't know when they yeah. came out, but I missed it. And I'm not like a huge fantasy yeah. person. Although I have read all the Harry Potter books, uh, but. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I read Little Women every Christmas, mm-hmm. starting in, like, second or third grade. It was, like, a thing that I had to do, yeah. according to me. Like, I had to read Little Women every Christmas. And I, you know, I read a ton of Nancy Drew. I read, like, a lot of, a lot of you know, Trixie Belden. I read a lot of Miss Boxcar Children mm-hmm. mysteries as a kid mm-hmm. um, that I think it makes sense that I'm, like, still into mysteries as a grown-up <laughs> person. Um but I think you know. For we have a lot of parents come in the shop who are like, "Oh, my son like does not want to read. Yeah. And like I really just want to find a way to get him into reading." Mm-hmm. And you know, you mentioned Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Right. I think the new new newfangled version of that. There's a series of books called Dogman.
0: Yes. And they're I illustrated. Know exactly. yes. It's
1: not really a graphic novel, but they're yeah. illustrated. And
0: my like, younger sister has a, has some of those. Kids love Dogman. Yeah.
1: Man, and yeah. you know we have parents, some parents who are like, he loves. Dog Man, (laughs) Uh, and we're like, you know, it's a doorway. Like, if you can pick up a book and find something in it that you enjoy, then you're more likely to be willing to try out a different book. Yeah. Um. And so, I think for for young readers, just like finding that entry point, whether it's like, you know, kids love things that are funny. I think that's part of the reason people Mm love Wimpy Kid and Dog Man is like they're they're funny. Yeah. Who doesn't like to laugh? Yeah. Um. Then if you can pick out other elements of things that they like about of like, well, what else did you like about it? And Mm -hmm. okay, well, this book also kind of has that that sort of setting or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I think for for kids that that's a good way to do it for for grownups. I think, you know, thinking about like I like to ask people, you know, well, what TV shows do you like? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes people come in and be like, I want to get into reading, but like "Mm, I haven't really done it. So I'll ask, like, what kind of movies do you like? What yeah. kind of TV shows do you like? Because books are just another way of telling. Yeah, great Yeah. And so I think, you know, being willing to ask someone to help you find something is important. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the people who come in and are like, I have not read a book <coughs> in probably, <laughs> like, my whole adult life. But I really want to get into yeah, it. Yeah, like, they're a
0: blank canvas at that point. Help me with this. Yeah.
1: And, like, being willing to, like, let somebody who is excited about books, yeah. like, share some stuff that they're excited about. Um, You know, not being... Not being embarrassed that you're not a reader yet yeah. um, is is important. Just like anything that you're gonna try for the mm-hmm. first time, right? Like you have to kind of get some guidance and 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 support from from folks who already are into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's always fun to have people come in who are like, ah, the last book I read that I remembered liking <laughs> was *The, the Metamorphosis* of <laughs> You're like, okay, so mysteries. Great, there's a whole <laughs> shelf over here of mysteries. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, you can you can think about everybody likes stories. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, consume stories in different ways, but, um, just kind of approaching reading like you would anything else and finding a story that kind of fits your, your interests.
0: Yeah. So I want to, I want to give a brief test of your book recommendation knowledge. Uh, so I just finished recently. It was actually speaking of twilight. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the books by the author of twilight, Stephanie Meyer, um, it was called the chemist. Have you, have you heard of it before? It it didn't come out recently. It didn't. It didn't come out recently, as far as I'm aware. I just kind of, I kind of stumbled upon this book and just happened upon it, and I was like, yeah, this seems interesting. I, I recognized her name, and I was like, is this the Twilight Lady? And I, I was like, oh, it is the Twilight Lady. Um, but I read it, and basically, it was just about this lady who, uh, she got sent off on this experience where she was, uh, where she was kind of put in a, in a team of, of, you know, three individuals where they were enemies, but then they were friends and then they had to go against, uh, kind of this government entity that was coming after them. And then right now I'm reading, uh, the Da Vinci code. Have you, I'm sure you've heard I know, a, I know there's a, I know there's a, I know there's a movie about it. Uh, and I'd yet to watch the movie, but I'm very close to finishing. It. I'm like 30 or so pages from finishing it. So I wanted to see what would you, based on those two book mentions right there. What would you... Oh, also for context, I'm also reading at the... Yeah, just to throw another wrench in the, in the system. Sure. Uh, I'm also... What's their name? I forget their name. Uh, do you know the authors authors of the Freakonomics series?
1: Oh, I'm familiar with Freakonomics.
0: Are you, I do Okay, you know you know the series. Okay, well I've I've read Freakonomics and Super Freakonomics, and I came across their third book in the Freakonomics series. I've, I've just become a fan of theirs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also reading that at the moment, so okay. I want to see if you can combine all three of those somehow into well, not necessarily into one <laughs> book, but what would be what would be your recommendation if I were to walk into shop and say, hey, I just read these three books, I'm reading them. Where should I go from here? What are you gonna what, what's what's your uh, recommendation gonna be?
1: Okay, so Da Vinci Code, and then is
0: I'll, I'll take like, you up on this. Whatever it is, I'll I'll read it and, right. and report back. <laughs> da
1: Vinci Code is like there's historical fiction. Yeah, kind of historical I'm really enjoying Da Div- Yeah, and like kind of archaeology and a little bit of like there's a lot of like history mm-hmm. in in that story. Yeah, and then the chemist one. It sounds like is it like a fantasy type series or is it so like based it's based in the
0: real world? It's it's based like in the real world. That No, it's based in the real world. Um, This lady, she used to work for, if I'm remembering correctly, she used to work for the government. Basically, what she would do is, like, if they needed information out of somebody, they would, like, bring her in to, like, you know, uh, use, quote, like, yes, yes, use, like, advanced interrogation tactics to, quote, unquote, to, like, get the information out. Hmm. But then she finds out, oh, wait, this person, like... You know, things so happen. that one's
1: kind of a thriller.
0: A little bit more of a thriller, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. um, and then the
1: Freakonomics one obviously is it's a, it's not fiction. Not
0: yeah, is a total you know kind of kind of left turn out of nowhere. Okay, um, all so
1: right. I have a recommendation. You have a recommendation? Yeah. So <laughs>
0: I'm gonna write this down.
1: Okay. the The things are history mm-hmm. and a little bit of like rebel with a cause kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, um, you know. Or just like trying to figure out you yeah. know who's the bad guy really in yeah. this situation, or who's the good guy, I guess, mm-hmm. and how is the government engaged in it? <laughs> and then also just a little bit of like nonfiction, like kind of navigating yeah. um, uh, a nonfiction title. Yeah. Um so a nonfiction book that I really like, and um, a lot of people I know really like, uh, is Devil in the White City. By Eric Larson. Yes, yes.
0: And yeah, I actually. Uh, have you okay. read it? No, but I read. Re- this year I read The Splendid and the Vile, uh-huh. uh, and I did really enjoy that He's book.
1: He's great. Yes. And so it's like a lot of. It's history, and it's not fiction. It's mm-hmm. not historical fiction, but it is. He does a wonderful job of writing, um, you know, history books that are. They read like prose, they mm-hmm. read like a novel. Yeah. yeah. And then. Um, you know but with the world's fair part of that there's a lot of kind of like the government's in the mix and mm-hmm. then you know what are they what are they really trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and is this actually good for Chicago yeah Um, And then there's also, like, a serial killer on the loose. So there's some thriller (laughs) element to the story as well. They're, they're, you know, the detectives are trying to, like, track this person down. And they're realizing that the problem is getting worse and worse. And the World's Fair is about (laughs) to happen. And we're about to have, like, people from all over the world in Chicago. And here's this madman on the loose. But who is he? Um so there's thriller element from yeah. your Stephanie Meyer book, there's history historical fiction element ish from Dan Brown because it is kind of like yeah. in the past and written in a novelistic prose. And then it is actually a nonfiction book. So wow,
0: that was actually really impressive. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, that was I. Whenever you told me you hadn't read or heard of the Stephanie Meyer book, I was like, okay, this may not go the way I thought it was gonna go. Um, but that you're that's actually exactly right. Uh, I mean, I haven't read obviously haven't read you know uh, the book, but I know exactly which one you're talking about. Uh, I've seen it many times and thought, so good. Maybe I should pick that up because I did really enjoy *The Splendid in the Vile, and I was like. You know, I enjoyed this book. Maybe I should check it out. However, I was a little a little book fatigued after reading that one. I was, it was a it was for, for my standards. It was a, a bit lengthy, you know, and it was very dense. Um, but I did really enjoy it, so I'll have to I'll have to definitely check that out. And so I'm I'm very impressed. That was that was good. <laughs> that was impressive. Well, you know, it's when you yeah, I guess when you work at a, when you work at a bookstore, you know, it, it becomes a little bit second nature for you. Um, one more thing I want to ask you, and I want to see if this impacts you at all, or if you've heard of this before. Um, so like I said, I just read not too long ago. I read that book by Eric Larson. Um, and I'm currently reading the Da Vinci co, which is like 400 ish pages or so, somewhere in that. Um, so something I've noticed about myself is that. If I have like two books and they're of equal size, like let's say they're 400 pages, they're the same book, exact same book, but one of them is four chapters long and the other one is 40 chapters long, same story, same page length, everything. But one of them is four 100 page chapters and one of the, one of them is 40 10 page chapters. The one with the 40 chapters, I get through incredibly quick, like much quicker than the other one. And, and I've, I've noticed that because like I have books where I had, I had one book where um, for instance, 1984, like I was reading that it split up into three parts and it's not a huge book by any means, but it took me a while to get through it because for whatever reason I felt like, I don't know, I felt like it was, it, it felt much longer than it really was. And so I've kind of labeled this as like the fear of big chapters. Like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Is this the thing that you've ever encountered before? Or you've ever heard of like individuals being, Quasi, semi-intimidated by like big chapters in books. There
1: must be a reason that authors do it, right? (laughs) Like that, either they they split things up into smaller chapters or they don't. I mean, to me, it's like I think it's a pacing thing, and so it's sort of like, do you want to watch a movie or do you want to watch like some episodes of television? Like maybe it's a miniseries, so it's broken up. This dramatic story is broken up into several Mm -hmm. smaller parts. Yeah, each episode is gonna have like a ramp up, a Mm denouement, a conclusion Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. some sort. Even if you're, you know, you're gonna keep going with the story, you're still kind of following that pace a little bit. And so I think if you're reading a book with smaller chapters. Then you're gonna feel like you can get through it a little faster because yeah. if you're like consuming those small stories, yeah. um, then it feels like smaller bites. Like yeah, you need to
0: eat an elephant. that's what my mom has always <laughs> said. That uh, no, because it was funny. I was so this past weekend I was at my parents' house and I hadn't started like I'd already started reading The Da Vinci Code at that point, but I was only like 50 pages into it. Like, I wasn't super far into it. And like I started reading it just over the weekend and like I would get to the, I I even told my dad this, like I told myself, okay, I'm going to get to page 100 and then I'm going to stop. Like I'm going to stop there. And I got to like the end of that chapter around that page. And I was like, but I want to keep going. Like, you know, I was like, like that, that chapter was just like two pages and then it was like, there's another one after that and another one after that. And I was like, man, I want to keep going. Like I (laughs) I couldn't put it down. Um, And I was, I was thinking, I was like, if this book was split up into, you know, four or five chapters, like much larger chapters, it, it would have been much more of a chore for me for whatever reason. You know, I, I don't know what it yeah, is. Like going off into the unknown instead of like, yeah. well, two pages, I can read two Yeah, pages. yeah. I wasn't sure if that was just a me thing or if you'd ever like heard of that before or, budget. Yeah. yeah.
1: I definitely – I do it with, like, I'm always like, I don't want to watch a movie. But, like, I am happy to sit down and watch a whole miniseries in a yeah. day for whatever reason. Yeah. Because it's yeah. smaller parts and thinking of starting something and then sitting there for the whole time and then it finally ending is, I don't know, intimidating.
0: Yeah. Well, good. As long as as long as I'm not the only one, that, that makes me feel better because I was worried. I was like, I'm never going to be able to read these books that have long chapters for some reason. Like, I just can't do it, you know. And something inside me just rejects it. It just won't do it. Um, so glad I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, well, I want to we're we're kind of closing in on an hour here. Uh before we kind of finish up, I want to say just thank you for taking the time to do this. I know it's tonight it's a little bit late. I know that uh just as a business owner and just what you told me prior to us going on air like I know that you're a busy individual. I know you'll have a lot of things going on. Um but I really do appreciate you making a little bit of time to chat with me. Um I have somewhat admired y'all's work from afar and have been just really excited with the growth you all have seen and have been uh, looking forward to getting to chat with you today. So I greatly appreciate you doing that. Um, But before we finish up as a somewhat tradition with the show, I like to end each show on a little bit of a fun note at the end, unrelated to everything we've been talking about so (laughs) far. So um, the way I like to end each show is with a little segment that I call 15 quick questions. And it's basically exactly the way it sounds. 15 quick questions. They're either this or that questions. Um, so, you know, either a or B hot or cold, something like that. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts off the top of your head and, and hear what you have to say. So does it sound good to you? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. This is 15 quick questions with Emily. First and foremost, do you pronounce it caramel or Caramel.
1: God, somebody just asked me this the other day, and I was like, "Well, now you've asked me, so I don't know." Like, I, I think if somebody was like, "Hey, do you want what this?" and I'm like, "Oh, is it a caramel apple? Caramel."
0: Caramel. Okay, you you heard it here first. Uh, I'm curious about this one since you technically you run a a coffee shop. Hot coffee or iced coffee?
1: Uh, I well, I mean, at home I make hot coffee, mm-hmm. so I guess if we're going with frequency, it would be hot coffee. Okay,
0: I'm also I'm also a hot coffee guy. Um, summer, fall, winter, or spring? Oh, spring. Sweet or savory food. Savory. Sandals with or without socks. No socks. (laughs) Regular. Um, Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no?
1: I really like the hot Hawaiian pizza at Pizzeria Cortile, so it's the only Hawaiian pizza I've ever been into. But I like that one, so I gotta take it. I
0: I also asked this question to Justin, and he emphatically said yes. There are no (laughs) there are no wrong toppings on a pizza. I was I was kind of expecting that. Um, (laughs) Sunrise or sunset?
1: Um, sunset.
0: Guacamole or salsa? Or? Yeah, you got to pick one or the other. Man, I really like them both, but salsa. All right. Um, hardcover or paper paperback?
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, I like a paperback because it's easier to carry them in your bag.
0: Gotcha. Uh, crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter? Crunchy. Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Who do you think would be a better chef, Martha Stewart or Snoop Dogg? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I feel like Martha has been chefing for longer yeah. than Snoop Dogg, but
0: I really like their Snoop Dogg friendship. does have a cookbook. He does have a cookbook. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I mean, he they seem to have a nice time together cooking. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to say Martha just based on, I think, the years of experience that she has had yeah. in that, the kitchen. Yeah, that's fair. But I enjoy their friendship. Yeah, I, think
0: it's very cute. I do. I do as well. Um, which decade do you prefer, 70s, 80s, or 90s? Oh, gosh.
1: Um... <laughs> I don't know. Nineties. Uh,
0: okay, we are entering the fall and winter part of the year. So, Halloween, Thanksgiving, or Christmas?
1: Can I say New Year's?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, you can totally say New Year's. New Year's. I should have put that. New Year's here. is my favorite. New Year's does not get enough recognition. I feel like no, uh, it, doesn't. it doesn't. So that yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. New Year's is is great. Um, and then the fifteenth and final question. This is the question I ask everybody, and I want to hear your your thought process on this. Would you rather fight one hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck?
1: This is a Tom Haverford question. <laughs> um I think a hundred duck-sized horses.
0: Okay. What's your what's your, your because,
1: thinking on that? Well, ducks are like kind of vicious and their beaks are, I think they're like sharp. Like if you got bit by a duck, I I do know,
0: I do know ducks are kind of aggressive. And
1: so like, if you had a giant duck trying to bite you with like a giant duck beak, that seems like dangerous. Whereas like tiny horses, like what are they going to (laughs) do? Probably nothing. Like horses are not aggressive and they don't like, contrary to what my friend Claire always claimed about horses, they don't bite. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think tiny, a lot of tiny horses would, would feel safer to fight than uh, a giant
0: duck i like it i like it i always get a different response uh for that question some people were like well if i do if i just had one duck in front of me i think i could focus on it if i (laughs) if i have a ton a ton of tiny horses like i think i could take them all you know what like
1: like what's their goal though the tiny horses like what are they trying to do do i just stand there and they like run around (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i'm not worried about that
0: yeah i don't know i don't know uh but that was that was great thank you very much uh that was 15 quick questions to end it off Uh, before we finish uh, I know you all have different links like for your social medias for uh, I think you have a website don't you is that correct so I'll make sure to include those down in the description so if you're listening you want to check them out I would highly recommend uh, giving them a follow and checking them out online Uh, but all of that is there any other links or anywhere people can find you all and and keep in touch with what you all are doing
1: Um, I mean our handles on everything are the book and cover Mm -hmm. all spelled out and You can buy... If you don't live in Chattanooga, it's not convenient for you to come to the shop. You can still shop with us because we do online sales through an organization called Mm bookshop.org, which is a really cool platform that um, they do all the fulfillment and everything for books. So it really makes it easier for independent bookstores to have online inventory um, and not have to try to keep track of that and update what's available in the building Mm -hmm. to ship out to somebody and doing all the UPS. So, and they... um, they share their profits with the independent bookstores that are members of bookshop.org. So like obviously we as an independent store would make money on a sale bought through our bookshop.org shop, but they also as a company share their profits with independent bookstores, which I just think is super cool. Yeah. And, um, you can also buy audiobooks through, um, libro.fm. Um, through the book and covers a shop on Libro FM, so you can shop with us uh, in more ways than just in our physical store. Although we'd love to have everybody come see us at, and, the, at the
0: shop. And I would highly recommend if you're in Chattanooga or not, uh, make a stop. It's it's genuinely one of my favorite places. I'm not just saying this because you're right in front of me. Like I've said this to numerous people. Okay. It is it is one of my favorite places. I'll every now and then I'll come by on my lunch break and just get coffee and, and hang out for a little bit and and chat. So uh, definitely love what you all are doing over there and i highly recommend if you're listening go check them out um but yeah i'll make sure all that is included in the description so if you're listening and you want to check them out want to give them uh you know some support then go down there check it out and highly recommend giving them uh any support that you can but with all lot out of the way emily thank you very much for joining me on the podcast it's been a, a pleasure chatting with you um and to all of you that are out there listening thank you for listening to the show and, and supporting the show we'll catch you on another episode of the podcast goodbye everybody Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode, and I really hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya!